All right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 42. As always, I'm your host, Tristan Weber, and today I've got a short show for you. Today, I'm just going to be talking to you guys about NFC South predictions. Hopefully, I can have another show on Thursday, but this NFL offseason, at least this moment, is just completely dead. There's absolutely nothing going on. As such, we're just talking predictions, so that's enough talk. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Okay, so once again, we're talking NFC South predictions. This division stinks. Before I actually get into it, there's a reason that the NFC South produced a division winner with a losing record last season. As such, I don't have a ton of faith in any of my picks, but I definitely do not feel the same about the Panthers and the Buccaneers as most do. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Here's my predictions for the NFC South outcome in 2023. At fourth, I have the Panthers at six and 12. I don't see it with the Panthers. I don't see it. Look, I like some of the things they've done this offseason, and I hate other things they've done this offseason. I love that. I love that they added new head coach. Frank Reich. In my opinion, he's one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL, despite getting run out of town in Indy. I absolutely hate that the Panthers traded DJ Moore, but I love that the Panthers were aggressive and going after their guy in quarterback Bryce Young. My biggest issue with this Panthers team is despite having their guy at quarterback, who is he going to throw it to? Who's he going to throw it to? Do we actually trust an offense sporting the likes of Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, and DJ Chark to get it done? And I don't mean that as disrespect to those guys. They're good players. All three of those dudes can ball. But I don't look at any of those guys as game-changing guys. And young quarterbacks need game-changing guys. We've seen evidence of it in recent seasons in Philadelphia, Miami, and Buffalo. So that means that the Panthers are going to lean on a rookie quarterback with subpar weapons. That's not a recipe for success. I am willing to admit that the Miles Sanders signing makes sense. He is a proven commodity coming into an offense behind an offensive line that sprung Dante Foreman to a bounce back season. But what else is there? This team just seems a little under-talented at the moment. And I I don't want to say this because I feel guilty saying it, but I don't trust Bryce Young's ability to stay healthy in the NFL. The dude is small. Like, he looked small in college, and he's going to look really small in the NFL. If he can stay healthy, I do believe in the Panthers' future. I just don't believe in the Panthers' present. They have pieces in place at quarterback, head coach, and running back, but I don't see how they have a successful season this year based on the players that they have. So I'm not high on the Panthers. Number three, Falcons at six and 12. I have the Falcons at third over the Panthers 
mainly who I have at fourth, uh, mainly because I trust their supporting cast more than I trust the Panthers supporting cast. I can look at the direction the Atlanta Falcons are headed and what they're doing and make sense of it. The Falcons are coming into this season with second year quarterback Desmond Ritter, and they are following the very traditional path toward making your young quarterbacks life easy with tight ends and a running game. Young quarterbacks love both of those things. The Falcons have tight end Kyle Pitts on their roster, who's ultra talented, but has slightly underperformed some. And then they went out, added another tight end in Jonu Smith via trade, and they doubled down on the running game by adding B. John Robinson in the draft. The Falcons, I see it. They intend to run the ball and then run the ball some more this season, which makes sense. But my problem with that is I don't really love that idea because the NFL is a passing league and is becoming more so. And I don't trust the Falcons weapons on the outside. And I don't know what to do with their quarterback. The Falcons best receiver is probably Cordero Patterson. Who's also their second best running back. So I don't love their weapons. Once again, the direction the Falcons are headed in is clear and their identity will be clear as well, which is not a small thing. Having an identity in the NFL is a big deal and their identity is already present and it's the game hasn't even been played. Arthur Smith, the head coach for the Falcons used to be the offensive coordinator in Tennessee for the Titans, where they leaned on an excellent run running back and running game. And it got them to an AFC championship game. And now that the Falcons have Bijan Robinson, I'm sure that they're going to be hopeful that he has similar production to what Arthur Smith had in Tennessee with Derrick Henry. I understand what they're doing. I just don't believe in their ability to do it. I don't think the Falcons are good enough. Desmond Ritter's too much of a question mark. I don't see their weapons on the outside. Their defense hasn't been good. They've made some additions to it. But I don't believe in anything that I don't believe in Atlanta Falcons' ability to do anything. That's why I have them third at six and twelve. Second, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at nine and eight. This one appears to be the hot take of the bunch, but I don't see the Buccaneers being as bad as everyone thinks they will be. People want to point to the Buccaneers quarterback situation and just immediately assume that the Buccaneers are going to be terrible with either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. But there's a path to this team winning more games than you think. First thing to address is the quarterback. I'm just going to assume Baker Mayfield is going to win the starting job next season. And we have seen Baker Mayfield succeed and make the playoffs in almost the exact same circumstances as he is in now. Side note, I can also make an argument that Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback in the division. Is Baker Mayfield actually that much worse or different than Derek Carr? Because if he is, I don't see it. Last time Baker Mayfield was in the playoffs, he was surrounded by a talented roster, a good defense, good receivers with a great running back in a bad division. At this moment, Baker Mayfield is on a roster that was held back by horrendous play calling last season with excellent receivers in Evans and Godwin, an emerging star in Rashad White at running back, a good to very good defense led by one of the best defensive coaches in the NFL and Todd Bowles in a bad division. It, it just makes sense. They're going to win more games. The major issue with this team last season wasn't the players. 
they have a good roster. Their offensive coaching was just atrocious, and they replaced their offensive coordinator. So it is going to be better this season. The other part of the Buccaneers having a successful season in 2023 is their schedule. Look at their schedule. It is a cakewalk. They're in a bad division, first of all. So every game they play in their division is winnable. They have a better roster than the Panthers and the Falcons and have a comparable roster with the Saints. So immediately there is six winnable games on their schedule. Then here are some of their non-divisional opponents. The Vikings, who are going to take a step back this season and have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The Texans, Bears, Titans, Colts, and Packers, who are really an unknown with Jordan Love. Every single one of those games is winnable. The Packers have, or rather, the Buccaneers have an advantage against every single team on their schedule in one way or the other, except maybe the Saints. Todd Bowles and this defense alone are going to be the reason that the Buccaneers win more games than you think. Then an underrated offensive unit as well. Look, I understand people want to look at the Buccaneers losing Tom Brady and have a losing record last season and have the opinion that the Buccaneers are going to suck. I get it. It makes sense. But look at this team, the players on this team, and the schedule that they have. They're going to be better than you think. And lastly, at first, I have the Saints at 11 and 6. First off, let me start this by saying I don't think the Saints are actually that good. I don't view them as a legitimate threat. I just think that the Saints are the best team in a bad division and happen to have the best quarterback in their division, and their schedule is laughably easy. This team is obviously, as a roster, better than the Panthers and Falcons, and their defense is significantly better than anyone in the division except for the Buccaneers. I just, I don't think that there's really a lot to say about this Saints team and why they'll do well this season because it's simple. It's it's easy math. They went 7-10 and 10 last season with extremely average to below average uh, quarterback play last season while relying on a bunch of young guys on the outside. Then they went out and added Derek Carr, who's an upgrade at quarterback, and their young receivers should improve this season, and they should be getting Michael Thomas back. And they've also added players to an already stout defense, including Tyron Matthews. So what's not to like here? This is just, it just seems very obvious to me. The Saints, however, feel like this team feels a lot like the Vikings from last season to me, and that they're a solid to good team in a bad division. And because of that, they're going to have a better record than they actually are. So my opinion is that the Saints finish absolute worst case scenario second in this division next season. But I'm still picking them to win it once again at 11 and 6. So that's it. That's my show today. Thank you guys for listening and or watching. Feel free to like and subscribe. Take care, everybody.